Hey, good morning. How are you today? I want you to just know that here at The Spark, we are ready to see the power of God move in your life. Oh, today we're going to talk about being on the edge of a miracle, the edge of a miracle. And what I want you to know right now is that without that hardship, without that trial, without that place where you feel you cannot go on, there can never be a supernatural move of God in your life because supernatural is more than natural. The Martins are singing for us. Listen for just a minute. He's with us now. Our Lord, He's in the midst. Listen to Heather. Yeah. Glory to God. On the edge of a miracle. He's with us every day, church. Praise God. Praise God. Today is your day. I believe today is your day for a miracle. Are you ready? Mm. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of God moving right now in somebody's life. Hallelujah. Yeah. He is in the midst of our storm. The Martins. We're going to come back and listen to some more of that a little bit later. Right now, I want to talk to you about being on the edge of a miracle. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 24 through 33, uh, we hear the story of Peter walking on water. I want to read that to you for a minute. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth night of the watch, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Did you catch that? He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. There's a lot in that. And I, we're going to talk a little bit about it, but I want you to catch something with me. I want you to just imagine this day, the disciples were in their boat rowing across the lake. The winds had come up and they were contrary to them. You know, they had been in this place before. These were fishermen. They had made this same type of journey hundreds of times before. They knew they were safe in the boat. They knew what to do. They were used to the struggle, the hard work, and the difficulties. But they at least knew that this was their comfort zone. Suddenly, one of them looks out across the waves and sees a figure walking on the water. The human mind is quick to forge ahead in unbelief, but always slow to understand the power of God. They begin to fear that it was a spirit, that it was a demon, that something was wrong. Peter's in the boat and he sees this and he sees Jesus walking on the water. And of course, the first thing you see is he's afraid. They're afraid of the unknown. Aren't we just like that? Aren't we afraid of the unknown? When something happens, when we lose our job, when, when sickness hits, when, when disaster strikes, the unknown faces us, we become afraid. 
But the second thing he did was he recognized Jesus. He realized Jesus was out there in the midst of that storm. Then he was called to the supernatural. He wanted it. He saw it. And Jesus said, hey, if you want it, you come out here. The supernatural is not going to happen in the boat. It's going to happen out here on this water. I want you to know something. You must leave your comfort zone, the comfort of the known, the natural, and you have to step off of the edge of that boat and into the water to experience the supernatural. Every experience and every knowledge tells Peter, this cannot be done. It's not natural. Of course, that's the point. You know, Jesus planned all this. Jesus came to them walking on the water. He knew what was going to happen. Peter had to leave the known and step into the unknown. How did he do that? I want you to know something today. He kept his eyes on Jesus. If Jesus did it, I can do it. Jesus was walking on the water the same way Peter would walk on the water, not because he was the son of God, but because he had the Holy Ghost and faith. They had been in a storm before. In Matthew 8, 23, we read where Jesus was in the boat with them in the storm. They all feared. Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. They woke him up and he calmed the waters. You see, that time they didn't have to get out of the boat. Jesus was there right with them in the boat. But this time it was different. Jesus was not in the boat. Jesus was in the storm. Sometimes, child of God, Jesus is in the midst of your storm. He's in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. He's there and he's beckoning you saying, come on in. I'm going to teach you something about the power of God that lives in you. The supernatural power of God isn't going to be found in your comfort zone. You're going to have to get out of the boat. Imagine Peter standing on the edge of that boat. Everything he knew was telling him, do not take a step. But Jesus was telling him, come on, take that step. Trust me, come and follow me. The supernatural was one step away, but Peter had to make that step in faith. There's another story I'd like to read to you. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 5 and 9 through 14. It's the story of Naaman and Elisha. It says, then Naaman went into his horses and chariots and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a message to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. Now, Naaman was a, a mighty warrior and he had come to Elisha because he heard that Elisha moved in the supernatural. He heard that God listened to Elisha. And so he came thinking, Elisha's going to come out here and honor me. He's going to lay his hands on me. He's going to do all the work and I'm going to get healed. But Elisha said, no, you go do the work. You exercise your faith. Well, when he did, Naaman became furious and he went away and he said, indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and he will stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and he will heal my leprosy. <laughs> Isn't that just like us? We want somebody to come and exercise their faith. We want somebody to come and take their step off the edge of the boat. He goes on and he says, are not Abna and, and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Can I not wash in them and be clean? Can't I just go back to what I know? Can't I go back to my place, my comfort zone? So he turned and he went away in a rage. Verse 13 says, and his servants came near and spoke to him and said, my father, 
If the prophet had told you do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and he dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Oh, glory to God. I want you to know something. That day, Naaman needed a supernatural move of God, a healing, something that could not take place from the doctors. It couldn't take place in his comfort zone. It couldn't take place in his hometown. He needed something from God. He wanted Elisha to come to him and call on the name of God, to wave his hand and heal him. He wanted to trust in the faith of Elisha. How many times do we trust in the faith of the preacher or we trust in the faith of the evangelist or we trust in the faith of someone else? I want you to know something. God wants you to trust in him. He wants you to put your faith in him. God was getting ready to teach Nahum about the edge of a miracle, right there on the edge of a miracle. Naaman got mad. What was wrong with his rivers? What was wrong with what he knew? They were cleaner. They were better. You know, oftentimes we're just like Naaman. We need a supernatural move of God, but we want someone else to bring it. We want someone else to go fetch it. We want someone else to believe for it. We want to dip in our comfort zone. Don't make me get out of my comfort zone. We don't want to step out of the boat. We don't want to move past the edge of what we know is sure. Naaman's servant spoke truth. Listen, if you were asked to do a great work, to build a mighty church, to give a million dollars, wouldn't you do it? But you won't step into the supernatural. The Jordan was a picture of the Holy Spirit. Naaman decided he was going to go. So he goes to the Jordan. I just want you to just imagine that day. He wades out into the Jordan River. And there in the middle of that river, he dips down one time. He gets out and he looks at his arm. He looks at his skin. Nothing had happened. His skin was still leprous. His shame was still there. His tormentor was still screaming at him. So he dips down the second time. He comes up and he looks at his leprous skin. It was still there. But something was beginning to happen inside of this man. He could feel the power of God begin to move. Just a tinge, just a little. He knew something was happening. So he goes down the third time. This time, it was a little bit easier to dip. It was a little bit easier to come up. This time, he could feel the water running over his leprous skin, but the leprosy was still there. Was this working? The devil begins to speak into his mind. Was this working? Is there any difference? Is is it making any difference? Is this even worth the effort? What am I doing here? He dips down the fourth time. He lingers in the water just a little bit. He's thinking, maybe if I stay a little bit longer, the power will will begin to flow across me. He feels the water rushing over his skin, but he hears the doubt begin to rise up. What if this doesn't work? He leaps from the water. He looks nothing. He's still a leper. He's still walking in shame. He's still not clean. There's still no supernatural miracle. He almost quits. He almost decides it's not worth it. But he heard his servant saying, he said seven times. So he dips down the fifth time. Something gets a hold of him. He feels the presence of God. He knew this would be it. He he could just feel the tingles down his spine. He knew that something was about to happen. 
He had never felt this way before. Oh, what a feeling, what a moment, what a service. Oh, the glory of God was present. He jumps out of the water and he looks at his arms. He felt his face where the leprosy had eaten away at his nose and nothing had changed. It was still the same. Naaman was still in the boat. He knew that the supernatural existed. He knew there was a God. He knew, but Naaman was still safely in the boat. He was still waiting for someone to wave his hands and say something that would heal him. With the shame of his leprosy still covering his face, Naaman dipped down the sixth time into the water of Jordan. Doubt was really beginning to play a symphony in his mind. What was the use? Nothing had worked. This was six times and nothing was getting better. Would he look like a fool before everyone? Would he be the laughingstock of Syria and of Israel? He lingers in the water some more. Maybe staying just a little longer will make the difference. He comes up out of the water. There's a stirring in his spirit. The power of God is moving all around him. But the leprosy was still there. The shame was written across his face. The oscillation seemed even more now than when he first stepped into those waters. Church, the devil wants to discourage you. He wants you to stay in the boat. He wants you to be right on the edge. He wants you to believe there's a God. He wants you to believe what the Bible says, but he doesn't want you to step into the supernatural power of God. Naaman was standing on the edge of the boat. The supernatural power of God was just one step away. His healing was just one step away, but this would be the hardest step that he had ever taken in his life. Doubt was flooding into his soul like a raging river. Would he step off the edge of this boat and into the water? Would he trust the call of God? Would he believe that this was his day, his moment, his healing? He dipped into that water the seventh time. Complete obedience, complete trust, glorious obedience, glorious faith. He had stepped off of the edge of the boat and into the stormy waters, just like Peter, like so many that have trusted the Lord before him, like so many that would lay down their lives after him. As he come up out of the water, it was his time. It was his day. It was his moment. That step off of the edge of the natural and into the supernatural had opened up the heavens and it began to pour down upon him. He looked at his skin and it was clean. He felt his face and it was whole. The shame was erased. The pain was vanquished and the glory of God had filled his soul. Child of God, you are standing on the edge of your miracle. One more dip, one more step, one more time to press into the presence of God. One more time to kneel before him. One more time to dance in his spirit. One more time to believe what God has promised. One more time, I will dip just one more time. I will get out of this boat because Jesus is not in the boat any longer. There was a miracle before. I had seen his power before, but he is in the midst of my storm. He's waiting for me to trust him, to obey him, and to step into my healing. That wasn't the end of this miracle. Once Peter had sunk into the water, when he took his eyes off of Jesus... Peter, listen, Jesus, Peter had walked on the water with Jesus. He encountered the supernatural and he walked in it. But when Jesus reached down and picked Peter up and stepped into that boat, 
Here's the thing I want you to really catch today. The entire group began to worship Jesus. God wants you to step into the supernatural, not just for your miracle, but for everyone else around you. Your church needs a miracle. Your family needs a miracle. Your parents need a miracle. Your child needs a miracle. And they are waiting to see if you will step off of the edge of your miracle so that they will know and they will follow. The entire group of disciples begin to worship Jesus. I want you to know there are more miracles that need to be released. There are others that need to dip the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh time. The supernatural is the way of God's children. We walk in this. We delight in Christ, in his spirit. We are called to be like Jesus, to go where Jesus went, to walk like Jesus walked. That's not just talking about loving your neighbor or forgiving others. It's taking, it's talking about laying on your hands and watching the sick recover, about walking in the storm and on the storm, about entering into the fiery furnace, about casting out devils, about opening blind eyes. The miraculous went everywhere that Jesus went because he was walking in faith. And I want you to know something today, child of God, the miraculous walks where you walk when you are ready to step off of that edge of the boat and into the storm where the miracles take place. Listen a little bit more about the head from the Martins. He's in the midst of your storm. Hallelujah. Oh, child of God, let me encourage you today. Step into your miracle. Step one more time into the presence of God. Do not be weary in well-doing. God is waiting for you right there. He's with us now. Our Lord, he's in the midst. God bless you.